everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. It is episode number 133. My name is Alex Reamer, and it's a pleasure to be with you all here today, as it is each and every Saturday. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite OutSports podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the platforms, and you know the drill. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. It helps us with all of our visibility. We want these great shows to get in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Uh, It is Saturday, September 17th. I can't believe it. We are just barreling through September. Unreal. Um, And I have a big show for you all this week. I'm excited to get to my guest, who I will introduce in a few moments. But first, some loose ends I want to go over. Let's start with a really positive story, and then we'll go to more of a negative story, both in the world of male pro sports. Uh, Let's start with the NFL. Carl Nassib, as we mentioned on the show last week, did make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster out of training camp, and he was active for their season opener last Sunday night against the Cowboys, a game that was not close at all. I think the Bucs won 19-3, but the game wasn't Even as close as that 16-point spread would indicate. Uh, Tom Brady looked great, missing 11 days of training camp, reported marital strife with Giselle. Doesn't matter. Tom Brady, 45 years old, still throwing dimes, and the Cowboys still getting embarrassed. A new season, but same Cowboys in a big primetime game. But one of the things that I noticed, and we all noticed at OutSports, about the coverage of Sunday night's game is that Carl Nassib, was treated as just another football player. Uh, I watched a lot of the game, and I did not hear Mike Tirico or Chris Collinsworth, the two commentators, mention his sexuality at all. And we've covered before about how Nassib has barely been asked about his sexuality since publicly coming out and since signing with the Buccaneers in training camp last month. And that that's progress, right? I mean, we say it all the time. The true sign of progress is when being gay... Being LGBTQ is just not a big deal. And for Carl Nassib, it really doesn't seem like it's a big deal at all. He's not asked about it during press conferences. It's not mentioned during the Buccaneers' season opener Sunday night game. He's just, he's there in uniform like everybody else. And that's a great, great thing to see. Moving on to a more negative story. But it's gotten a lot of play for us this week. These kinds of things always do. Uh, Anthony Edwards is a rising star from the Minnesota Timberwolves, 21 years old. Uh, He is in some hot water for using anti-gay language to demean a group of men. He recorded himself doing this and then posted the video online so hundreds of thousands of people could see him do it. Uh, The posted video shows a number of shirtless men with Edwards saying in the background, with Edwards calling them queer ass in the background. Uh, So hard to be more (laughs) homophobic than that. A video of shirtless men, Anthony Edwards calls them all queer ass. The league is reportedly reviewing the video, uh, considering this happened over the weekend, and it's now Saturday, so one week later. Uh, I'm not quite sure why a review of a very short video is taking so long, but nonetheless, uh, Anthony Edwards released an apology, and it was quite hollow. He tweeted out, what I said was immature, hurtful, and disrespectful, and I'm incredibly sorry. 
It's unacceptable for me or anyone to use that language in such a hurtful way. There's no excuse for it at all. I was raised better than that. And as we say all the time, I mean, that's great. Thanks for posting the apology, acknowledging your wrongdoing. But then what? Uh, Anthony Edwards is young. He's 21, but he's been in the NBA for two years. He should know better. And the fact that he posted this video on social media also changes the equation a little bit. Because that means that this was a premeditated act. He wasn't just saying it spur of the moment in reaction to something. It was a premeditated act. He recorded the video and then after recording the video, decided to post it and share his thoughts with the world. So you can say, I was raised better than that, but where's the proof? What is Anthony Edwards going to do now? Well, judging by the Timberwolves' hollow apology, I would say nothing. The Timberwolves released a statement as well. Quote, we are disappointed in the language and actions Anthony Edwards displayed on social media. The Timberwolves are committed to being an inclusive and welcoming organization for all. End of statement. What's missing in that statement? How about no mention at all of the LGBTQ community? No mention at all of the people whom Edwards disrespected with vile anti-gay language. I mean, talk about just checking it off, right? Okay, player says something dumb. Let's release the most banal, trite, substanceless statement we can. Not even mention gay people or the LGBTQ community. All right, that's done. And... You know, most NBA teams reacted similarly when we outed dozens of NBA players earlier this year. During the, uh, this was right before the playoffs. We had a long post. A reader tipped us off uh, to all of these anti-gay messages that dozens of players shared on social media in previous years. Now, most of these players were in their teenage and college years when they posted these messages. A lot of them were between, I want to say like 2008 and 13, 14. So a while ago. Um, but still, we published this piece, we went to the NBA and NBA teams for comment, and the only team that appeared to take this seriously was the Philadelphia 76ers, and their forward Paul Reed, one of the players with the messages, he issued a really, I think, genuine response and apology, the Sixers did as well, and that's no surprise, the Sixers take part in pride parades, they have a really uh, inclusive organization, and they've shown through their actions, not just words, that they are inclusive. But outside of that, I mean, most NBA teams, when we presented them with this list a few months ago, uh, had a very muted reaction, much like the Timberwolves did to Anthony Edwards. And Adam Silver really gets away with a lot. For whatever reason, he has the, the NBA has the reputation of being the, a league that's more focused on social justice than its counterparts. And uh, you know, and players are speaking out and they empower the players. And yeah, the NBA does empower players because it's a player's league. I mean, there are only five players on the court at a time. One player, one star player can make such a huge impact. So of course the NBA caters to stars and players more than other leagues because that's the way it's always been. Uh, so I don't give them a lot of credit for that. And I don't give Adam Silver a lot of credit. I mean, really, he's shown through his actions 
he's just as obsequious to owners and business interests as every other commissioner. But yet, Roger Goodell gets hammered and Adam Silver doesn't. I mean, just look at Robert Sarver, owner of the Suns and Phoenix Mercury. The NBA fined him $10 million and slapped him with a one-year suspension for just these vile, for, for just a vile and toxic workplace culture that he created. There was a long independent investigation conducted that found that Sarver repeatedly used the N-word in front of black employees. He made misogynistic and sexist and sexual comments to female employees. And he did this many, many times over a period of many, many years. And yet the NBA's quote-unquote independent investigation from a law firm they hired, uh, in their findings, they say that they did not think Robert Sarver had any uh, malicious intent <laughs> for, his, for his misogynistic and racist remarks that he made, as I said, to many people over a span of many years. Uh, I mean, can you imagine the public outrage if the NFL covered for one of its owners like that? The NBA just did it for Robert Sarver and... Nothing, absolutely nothing, no outrage, no pitchforks, if you will, no nothing, and it goes to their response to China, now Adam Silver has buried, has has totally taken the NBA out of those conversations whenever China's grotesque human rights abuses are brought up, we all remember the league's apology to China a few years ago, when Daryl Morey, uh, general manager, tweeted support for the Hong Kong uh, protesters. Uh, so this is the NBA. Like every other major pro sports league, or like most other pro sports leagues, they care about business interests. Their commissioner works for the owners. When owners like Robert Sarver do malicious and bad things and racist things and misogynistic things, they cover it up and you know give them, give them a minimal punishment, relatively speaking. And that's it. That's the NBA for you. And yet they keep getting away with it. And this whole Anthony Edwards situation seems to be another example of that. All right, enough of my bloviating. Let's get to a guest. Uh, Cherie Johnson is the CEO of a streaming network titled Strong Voices Television. It is an LGBTQ specific subscription service. And it came to our attention because it's the first ever platform to stream the Gay Softball World Series. Earlier this month, Strong Voices TV wants to air a lot of LGBTQ-specific sports. They already air a lot of LGBTQ-specific programming. It is a network by LGBTQ people for LGBTQ people. So coming up on the other side, you'll hear my conversation with CEO Cherie Johnson about Strong Voices TV, how it started, how it came about, why she thinks there's such a need for this kind of programming in our popular culture, the lack of uh, diverse LGBTQ representation and popular culture as well. So all that is coming up on the other side. Cherie Johnson, it's a Sports Kiki podcast. Thank you as always for listening. And welcome back to the Sports Kiki podcast. As I mentioned in the opening, excited for my guest this week. Cherie Johnson uh, does many things, one of which is being the CEO of Strong Voices Television, which became the first ever platform to stream the Gay Softball World Series earlier this month. It's an LGBTQ subscription service. Uh, Cherie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. We greatly appreciate you. Yeah, no, appreciate you as well and what you all are doing with Strong Voices Television. So before we get further, Strong Voices is an LGBTQ 
subscription service. Just tell the people a little bit about what prompted you to start it, how they can find it, and all that good stuff. Great. So uh, Strong Voices Television started, uh, you know, with a concept, I guess a God-given vision. Um, I'm coming from, in 2012, I launched a the number one lesbian uh, web series called Studville TV on YouTube. Uh, it had four successful seasons. And during that time frame of, of the first year in 2012, uh, then I was standing in an apartment and I painted one of the walls chalkboard paint. I would put uh, some of the topics that needed to be addressed and, and some of the scenes on that chalkboard paint uh, wall. Uh, however, in the middle of that, a God-given vision, in the middle of that chalkboard, I wrote, and I do have pictures, <laughs> I wrote the word gay flicks. Now, it, it sounds kind of pornographic, so I'm glad the name got changed. <laughs> but uh, Netflix was coming along at that time. They were starting up big at that time. And even in 2012, I felt that the LGBTQ community uh, needed their own platform to express their own uh, stories, their lives our way. And so we went through uh, several years of the, uh, of the web series, and then there were issues with YouTube demonetizing uh, our content along with other top LGBTQ content creators um, on YouTube. So we made a, a lot of money <laughs> uh, from the, the series, but then we would demonetize the, the, final episode of season three and from there I was scrambling to find not only a a way to uh get our stories out our series mm -hmm. but others as well who had been demonetized because of the logarithm LGBTQ content uh them stating that they could not uh find suitable ad partners um mm -hmm. we can find them during pride month but uh <laughs> huh. uh yeah so once we were demonetized you know that fruition back in 2012 of Gay Flicks was born, and uh, Strong Voices Television was born. In 2017, we launched um, great reception uh, from when we launched uh, in 2017. Um, and then me being a semi-pro women's basketball player, um, Division One basketball player at University of South Florida, go Bulls. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh I knew sports had to be involved in this in, in some type of way. Over the past few years, there have been so many laws against our LGBTQ, particularly transgender uh, athletes. Um, and so the, the idea of adding sports, it just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming in my face, kept coming in my face. And so finally, we just said enough was enough. Um, we saw the success during COVID uh, uh, years, uh, platforms like Peacock um, and so forth, uh, FUBU TV, ESPN, uh, bringing sports um, to the masses as we were all quarantined or, mm -hmm. or put in uh, lockdown. Um, and so there's always been an absence of, of LGBTQ sports, games, and events. And it's still to this day, LGBTQ athletes come out, and it's just like this odd moment. Definitely male, gay male, uh, NFL players come out, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's such a big deal. On our platform, <laughs> I got tired of seeing people beg for a seat at the table in television, film, 
yeah. and sports, our community, beg for a seat at the table. So we decided to build the table. Uh, the SCTV network is the platform that amplifies the voices of the LGBTQ community in television, film, and sports and advocacy by telling our lives, our stories, our way on one network. Love it. It's, there it, you have it, Alex. Yeah, I love it. That's a great pitch. It's a, it's, it's, it's a great, great. I love that. You, you t- why? Why uh, ask for a seat at the table when you can build your own damn table? I love that. Um, <laughs> what kind of to go to your YouTube show Studville, which kind of started this whole thing? What topics did you think that the mainstream shows about gay LGBTQ life were not addressing that you wanted to address in your show? That again started strong well, voices. Were definitely me being uh, labeled, I guess, as a a black masculine of center uh, lesbian. Okay. Uh, those stories were not being told from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the show was about my life and my three best friends and the things we've gone through in dating, careers, and friendships. Um, at the time, we had uh, Snoop, who was on the wire. Yeah, she was a masculine of center. Yeah, but you know, drugs. And, and, you know, that wasn't my life. <laughs> um, so we, we played college ball and, and, and met there, all of my friends. And uh, so those type of characters were not reflective uh, of, of me. Um, and so those were the stories that were not being told. Uh, until Lena Waite came up with her show, uh, there was not on mainstream media at all a, a professional uh, masculine of center or stud is what they call them <laughs> in our community uh, on on mainstream television. So um, representation does matter. So that's what started off with WPD. We were very successful uh, because of that. It, it was a complete absence of masculine of center uh, black lesbians who were professionals who you know pulled their pants up who had careers. Uh, who were trying to do uh, the, the right things uh, and be reflected on television that way. So uh, that's where we have with the show that I thought it was a complete absence, and, and we were successful on that. What kinds of programs can uh, people find on Strong Voices today? All right, so Strong Voices Television today is one of the most diverse platforms because it was built for the rainbow. So it, it is not a specific niche. It is quite diverse, um, other than being LGBTQ niche. Uh, but uh, there's something for, you know, everyone under the rainbow. So African-American shows, mm. white males, uh, actually they lead right now on our following, on our platform. Uh, white males do as well. Uh, lesbians, so again, if you fit in the category of LGBTQ, mm. no matter what color creed that you are, if you're part of the community, there's something for you. We now have animation as well. Um, so we have a couple of animated series uh, through our partnerships um, with, with production companies. Um, so we have two animated series on there. Uh, we have original series. Uh, uh, COVID kind of shut us down, and we're just now getting back into the flow of things with original series and content. Uh, but again, there is a mixture. And with the addition of sports, mm. uh, definitely a mixture. I mean, it, sports brings the world together. Yes. No matter what color creed you are, you know, if you're a, a fan of that team, everybody's in, in the stands rooting for that team, uh, no matter what you are. However, there are some statistics that have been done uh, by 
what is it, Athlete Ally, um, yep. that says there's a large percentage of the LGBTQ community that does not feel safe at uh, sporting events. So, <coughs> again, what better way than to come to our platform where now you can watch sports, our lives, our, our sports, our way on one network and in a safe environment if you don't feel safe, but you yeah. can see our sports. Yeah, and that's our business without sports too, making sports accessible for all people in our community. Because uh, as you know, sports have traditionally been an exclusionary space, but getting more inclusive. And uh, so what exactly constitutes, in your mind, an LGBTQ sports? Obviously, Gay Softball World Series hasn't been the name, but what other kind of sports offering can people expect to see? Well, we've done a lot of softball. Uh, we've done football. So we did the Legacy Bowl in Orlando uh, right after uh, Memorial Day when we did the uh, Peach uh, Peach uh, Tournament in Atlanta. We went down to Orlando and did the Legacy Bowl. We also did their uh, Skills Challenge Live. They did a first time for their Skills Challenge um, so things that you see on TV with other sports, the NFL games, the WNBA games, all of those things. Uh, and coming down the pike, we've done the, well, we've already done the Asana uh, World Series. That's more on the women's side, transgender, uh, lesbian side. Um, so we did their softball series. And then we did NAGA, uh, which is more male-dominated uh, trans. Um, and we did that in Dallas. So we've done softball, football, and then coming in October, uh, we have now partnered with the National Gay Basketball League. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So we'll be doing the uh, basketball um, championships uh, down in Florida. Love again it. Again in October. And then October will end our uh, offerings for this quarter and for the rest of this year. But we've already uh, solidified uh, gay polo. So huh. similar to the Kentucky Derby, there is a gay polo professional league, uh, and they do have a, a, a Kentucky uh, Derby-type event. So that is on the agenda for next year, um, as well as all the sports that we've done here, uh, volleyball. Uh, we are in talks with the volleyball league as well um, to get volleyball uh, on the platform. And as we grow – uh, next year, right now we focus on the championship game. Yep. Uh, as we grow next year, we'll try and get kickball, tennis, golf. So any sport that we play, we're here to amplify those voices and and let people know. Uh, there's the gay games as well. We have not yep. spoken to the gay games, but I'm you know those are events that you know people don't know about. Myself being part of the community. Our team researched and, and, and found those. And I'm like, it's some gay games? I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's like the gay Olympics. Yes, and, exactly. And knowing their backstory, knowing their backstory, they were told they couldn't use the word Olympics. So it was the gay Olympics at first, but it hadn't changed the name. So, right. um, so those are the things that we have coming down the pike and, and, and future discussions that we want to have uh, with certain leagues. So, yeah. Uh, uh, there you have it. Yeah, well, I've, I'm a longtime player in uh, – my flag football league here in Boston, my LGBTQ flag football league, part of the National Gay Flag Football League, Sherry, uh, Sherry rather, don't know if you've heard of us, NGFFL. Uh, so there you go, right. another we option. We were trying to get to Hawaii. We were trying to get to Hawaii uh, yep. for the Gay Bowl. Yep. Uh, but that was on the same weekend as the uh, uh, 
basketball uh, tournament. Got it. So, uh, yeah. So maybe, so maybe next that's, time. That's on, that's on the agenda as well. Good. Glad to hear that. I had to get in my flag football plug. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I forgot about it. Um, my apologies. Yeah, no, I think, it's, uh, I think it's so cool. And, you know, it's kind of amazing to me that in today's world that there aren't more – I mean, there's obviously lots of LGBTQ-focused digital publications and print publications, but there aren't that many. And it's amazing that there aren't more kind of streaming options that cater directly to – you mentioned the LGBTQ community, which is so, so uh, diverse. I mean, it's not homogenous as well. And I feel like even still today in 2022, the mainstream representations that we get from our from our community are so kind of mono- homogenous and cookie cutter. So I think it's great work. Right. I mean, you know, we, we have certain leagues that, you know, part of our community pretty much dominates and, and pretty much everyone knows uh, that they're gay, but, you know, it, it's not really publicized and certain leagues don't want to be, you know, categorized as the gay league. And if you don't know what league I'm talking about, it's the WNBA. Right. Uh, but, um, right. I mean, we we promote and, and you know, know uh, a lot of the players in the WNBA uh, who are, you know, are part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, we got the GOAT. Sue Bird, you know, retiring now. So, well, retired now because they lost. Um, but, you know, there are other players in, in our league. So the lesbian, the L part, that gets national television play. I mean, it's starting to become more. But now they kind of fall into the, the fight for women's uh, equality in sports. So it's still not the LGBTQ part that people are fighting for, but it just happens to be the L part that's right. part of the women's. Uh, fight at right. this time. Right. And to kind of broaden it out to a larger cultural conversation, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I'm a gay man and it's getting a little better. You know, Fire Island, I thought was a really good movie this summer that I think accurately portrays a lot of aspects of that culture. And I loved the uh, Asian leads. Um, Bros seems like a cute gay romantic comedy, Billy yeah. Eichner. Um, but I'm wondering your point to kind of get back to where we started about Women. I feel like gay men, it's getting better, more representation, more accurate and diverse kinds of representations. But what do you think about women? It seems like Hollywood has a lot, even more catching up to do with women in our community than they do with, with gay men. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's on our agenda. But, you know, I can agree. Uh, definitely those movies are going to come out and, and support those movies. And, and they are diverse. But you know, the fight for mainstream representation, uh, you say it's diverse, but from what I see, uh, it, it is white male, gay male, white gay male. Uh, right. We begged, Largely. you know, uh, the Hallmark Channel. You know, we, we want Christmas movies as well. So, yeah. you know, they, they right. obliged, but it was gay male right. Um, right. that they put on television. Um, so women definitely... There has not been a, a lesbian uh, type a Hollywood production, A, that is women, lesbian led, and then diverse. Right. Now, we, we have a solution to that, but we're, we're waiting on that. But it's going to be more sports uh, uh, centered. But uh, yeah, so right now in theaters, there's some great movies out. Uh, bros, definitely looking forward to that one. 
so a couple of people, you know, that I'm familiar with are in that film as well. Um, but my feeling on that is just women just get it on both ends, whether you're straight or heterosexual, I mean, uh, straight or uh, uh, a lesbian, you know, we kind of get it on both ends with representation. So right. that's where our platform comes in. You know, it, it started. <laughs> the platform started because a lesbian show that, that had African-American lesbians, masculine of center, definitely, um, you know, was not being picked up by the Netflixes. You know, everyone was telling us, hey, y'all just keep putting out great content. Netflix will come. And, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in build that they will come. Right. Uh, but Netflix never came. Uh, and then we got demonetized. And then other uh, people, uh, you know, on the platform were demonetized. And we all got together. And, you know, that's how the network was born. I love it. Strong Voices Television. You can find them at svtvnetwork.com. Cherie Johnson, CEO. Thanks so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, Alex, just thank you so much for having us. And, and we'll love to speak more with, with OutSports and see what kind of partnerships we, could, we can put together to deliver more content and amplify the voices of uh, our sports leagues, uh, our players, our athletes, and our allies. All right, so a big thanks to Cherie Johnson for taking the time coming on the show, Strong Voices TV, check it out. And yeah, it is an important point. As I was saying at the end of our conversation, when you talk about gay men, I think it is getting a little better. We are seeing a little more diverse representation. I mentioned Fire Island, which I think was a great movie that really captured the essence of what a summer trip to Fire Island or P-Town means. And they had two uh, Asian men as their lead, so that was good to see and Bros, the Billy Eichner film, I'm going to be entertained by it as well. Um, but Cherie said, still, we're largely talking about white men and white gay men. And there's a lot of other <laughs> components of not just the gay community, but the LGBTQ community that really don't get represented at all. Um, so it's a good idea. And hopefully you all check it out. I know I'm going to. So thanks to Cherie Johnson, as always. If you have any show ideas, guest ideas, topic ideas, you know how to find me. Hit me up on Twitter. At AlexStreamer1 is my username. That, again, is at AlexStreamer1. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next Saturday.